Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard discuss what to do when your teen looks for love in all the wrong places. Our teens live in a sexually charged world where appearance and performance for your teen is paramount in their culture. And that fills that void created by the lack of relationships. It's basically this. Our teens don't have the relationships that once formed easily in the teen years. And and forms of basic communication have changed where face-to-face engagement just is... It just isn't prevalent anymore. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't change your teen's desire to be noticed, to be valued, to be cared for and loved. And add to that a bit of curiosity, and you might just have a teen that engages sexually. When you find yourself dealing with this topic with your teen, it's important to understand how to engage with your teen to not lose the relationship and thus eliminate a lifetime of influence that you can have on their life. Boy, it's so important we talk about this. Where do we need to begin, Mark? Well, you know, I, I think it's understanding what's happening in our culture. And the first thing is that our society has given permission for our teens to be more sexually involved with one another than any past generation. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, let's be honest. You know, we see things on TV that we didn't see 20 oh years goodness, ago. that's true. We hear words that were never allowed on on radio, much less TV. And, we tolerate so much more. Uh, well, we do. And it's because we've been exposed to such more. We watch movies and, and series that, that you go, you, you see more than, I mean, I, we would have blushed a long time yeah, ago. Right. We've just gotten used to it. Modesty has a new definition for kids. And some people are out there saying, no, it hasn't changed. The culture has changed. I'm not saying scriptures change. The culture has changed. And what happens in that is our our kids end up thinking that I can be a little bit more extravagant in my expression. I can do more things. I can take advantage of this body that God's given me. You know, I had a young lady tell me not long ago, Mark, why? She's 14 years old. And she looks at me and she says, why are you trying to tell me what I can do with my body? Mm. It's my body. You can't tell me what to do. Mm. And I sat there and I thought, yeah, I would have never heard that 20 years mm-hmm. ago. You know, and, and we know this, that, that teen pregnancies are at a 75-year low, which is amazing to me. But at the same time, our kids are more sexually active with one another. So it's not necessarily just getting pregnant. It's just the permissiveness that this culture has allowed. And our and our kids take advantage of it. Look at the way they yeah, dress. They're just mimicking what they see around them in everyday life. They are. And so they because it's an appearance and performance world, they post those things on their Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook accounts. They show off themselves a little bit more. And and some of it's just a little risque. To me, I'm going, whoa, whoa, that's a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. But it shows the desperation of kids. And what they're saying is, I'm going to use whatever tools I have to get the attention that I feel like I need. Culture gives permission by example and display. The lives of celebrities that we all know about, exploring the internet, media such as TV, magazines, video games, fashion, all of it. Now, I'm not saying that stuff is wrong. I'm saying that it is exposing our kids to a lot more. And so it's changing the way that we must engage with them because the world's saying all this stuff is okay now. Yeah. It's important that we talk about this background and then talk about why teens choose to follow this. We'll get into that in a few moments, but let's talk about, again, the prevalence of what's well, going on. Well, it's everywhere. 
I mean, it is truly everywhere. I can't drive anywhere without seeing something that wouldn't have been allowed years ago. I mean, it, it's just prevalent. And the messaging that goes behind that is that you can be seductive, you can be engaging sexually. The problem is it doesn't tell you where to stop. It just says you can do that, and then kids get involved that way, and they go, wait a minute, I, I really didn't want to violate yeah. this. And so I, I think what it, it means is that that we as parents have got to be able to handle what's happening with our young ladies and our young men and and not be afraid. The minute you you begin to say, no, my child will never do anything like that, I believe that any kid can be influenced to do anything because you add that with a little bit of curiosity and it creates opportunity. And our kids are, are so desperate to connect with one another that they'll do that sexually if they're not connecting any other way. You love your teen, but lately you don't recognize them. Your daughter starts talking, acting, and dressing like a total stranger. Your son loses all interest in engaging. You tiptoe around them, trying to get through, but unable to overcome the sudden distance between you. What happened? You're not alone. Situations like this are normal, even in the most wonderful families. Mark Gregston has walked with thousands of families going through difficult times with their teens, and even experienced it firsthand. He's helped them navigate their teen's most difficult years, and he can help you too. In his book, What's Happening to My Teen, Mark shares stories of change, hope, and compassion that will give you insight and wisdom into what's happening in your home and in the heart of your teen. It's not a magic spell to fix everything, but it can give you encouragement and practical advice for the road ahead. You can order What's Happening to My Teen by visiting parentingteenresources.org. Well, Mark, for the parent who suspects that their teen is sexually active, what can we help them with here? Well, here's the first thing. You, you know, you have influence over your child. You know, mom and dad are the most important relationship to a teen, even when it doesn't feel like it. Your positive influence will help your child navigate through those poor choices that she makes. I think one of the challenges is, is sharing with your child when they become of age that they can become sexually involved with somebody else. It's having a heart-to-heart talk about how you were during those same oh, years. That's always the most difficult topic. It, it yeah. is hard, but it's what you've been practicing for. Mm. You, Your child has got to get a perspective of life when they engage sexually with somebody else that says, this is what I found to be wrong. This is what I regret. This is what I would do different. This is the wisdom that I've learned from maybe some of my poor choices. Now, moms... Don't make up stuff if you haven't done that. Don't do that. But I think to provide the opportunity for discussion to happen, it's greatly needed in a, at a time when kids are confused about whether it's wrong to be sexually active or not because the culture is saying it's okay. And so you have these kids that have learned that biblically this is what Scripture says. This is what, this is what God wants. And the world is pushing on the other side saying, but this is okay. They're stuck. And and moms and dads are the ones that can help a child move to either direction. So take advantage of the relationship and don't ignore it. And our response is so important because if we're shocked, 
and pass that on, I mean, that's not really helpful, is it? Well, it's not, because because then you've thought that your child can do no wrong, and so you haven't picked up on anything, you know, up until this time. I mean, when you find out your child's sexually active and you're really shocked, no, my child would never do anything like that. Well, the problem isn't that you found out. The problem is that you really believe that they never would be. Hmm. Look, I think parents overestimate the effectiveness of their parenting uh, you know, abilities, but they underestimate the influence that this culture is having on our kids and the permission that it's giving for all these different things. And any kid can be influenced in any direction. So this is where it's so important for a mom and dad to remain engaged, you know, and 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 even seek counsel from somebody else before you respond to your child to make sure that you're engaging with them in a way that's not going to harm the future relationship. And you certainly don't want to shame them. Well, you know, shame has an amazing way of just pushing a child further into their sin. You know, and so it's not good. It's engaging with them. Remember, uh, sexual activity is a visible expression of the invisible issues that are happening in a teen's life. It's their behavior. So keep it as that. Now, it has some far-reaching implications, but there's a part of it where your child is engaged in something. It's an expression of something else going in their life, and that's what you need to be talking about. Yeah, any shame involved, you want to be coming from the teen's own conscience and not uh, something the parent projects onto them. Well, that's right. I don't need to convict a child of doing anything wrong. They already know that it's wrong. Yeah. They already know what's right Why would they wrong. keep a secret otherwise? That's huh? right. Why are they hiding it? So, so what I want to do is provide that opportunity and just come out and ask them at times. I'm not afraid to ask a young lady and say, tell me when the first time you had sex. Mm. Tell me the first time when you felt like you violated your own values. When was the first time that you felt guilty about something you did that was just completely different than, than who you were in the past? I ask questions to get them to talk because I want them to know that I want to talk about that to give guidance and direction so I can help them understand why Scripture would say the different things that it does. It's not to shame them or to convict them or to make them mad or make them feel guilty. It is to move toward them relationally and help them with the needs they have in their life so I can help get them to a better place. This is an example of a real test of our parental love, isn't it? It is. It is because it's hard. I think we sometimes think that sexual sin is so much worse than anything else. And and uh, it, because it strikes at the heart of us, especially us dads yeah. with our daughters, and 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 so there's a part of it where it just hurts more, and we, but it it shows that there's a deep need inside the heart of a child that we've got to help. Let's talk about how to handle this before a teen turns, let's say, the age of 16, Mark. Well, you know, I, I think there's a part where kids just become very curious. I mean, uh, girls are developing a little bit sooner than, than they used to, and they're exposed to a little bit more. At the same time, our young men are exposed to a lot more. I mean, there's 4.3 million porn sites in this world, and so guys will look at those and create expectation levels for what these girls who are longing to have a relationship with somebody— so they have all this new equipment trying to figure it all out. And, and sometimes that's all it is. It's experimental. It's curiosity. It's fueled by foolish choices or, or, or sometimes they're just being taken advantage of by an older teen. But here's the problem. If it temporarily gives a child what they want, then the tendency is they'll continue along that line and they'll begin to understand and really embrace that this is the way I'm supposed to relate with the opposite sex. And so it really does a number on your head. God gave us the sexual relationship for procreation, but also to bond people together. And what happens when a child starts sleeping around and bonding together with different people, they get a a misconstrued concept of what relationships are. 
and and it just confuses them all the more. And this is where I tell people it's you can tell your child don't have sex, but I think they look at that as a piece of information, even though I believe it's scriptural. You know what they want to hear is why. Why should I not have sex? And so the wise answer when you fill them with wisdom would be because it confuses relationship. It changes your perspective of what a relationship is. It will change who you marry. It'll change the way you parent kids. It'll change the way you engage. What I'm doing is giving them practical application of why this is so important to move from just a piece of information of don't have sex to the real reason behind it, why God would say this to you is he doesn't want you to live a confusing lifestyle. And so when you have a child that's under the age of 16 that's experimenting, then you have to engage in those kind of conversations with them and not shame them in the process. We can't avoid that. We need to do that before they turn 16. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what about an older teen who is older than 16? Well, you know, I mean, parents can put up roadblocks. They can make sexual activity harder in a way. That, that they keep them from spending alone time. But there isn't an easy answer to that question, uh, how to get a teen to stop. Because once they have control of their life and can go different places and are mobile and, mm-hmm. and all that, then I, I, I've got to be honest with you, it's just hard short of sending them away. And you could take away their phone, but it, it may accelerate other sexual activity. You can have an earlier curfew or you can have rules about who's to come over. I mean, one of the things that's changed is who can be in whose bedroom. I, look, I dated I dated my wife six years before we got married. I was never in her bedroom. Right. Never. And I go, so this world's a little bit more permissive, and it allows that to happen. It may be that you've got to come up with some rules about what you're going to allow and not allow with your child. You know, appealing to their heart rather than trying to control their behavior that's where you're going to find real change. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful in your life and family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.